0: Well, this morning, we are continuing in our uh, study of the book of Samuel. And I've titled this morning's message, whoops, I went too far, The Underdog Versus the Oversized. Because David and Goliath has been overdone, you know? (laughs) So, we're going to talk about the underdog versus the oversized. So, turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 17 there's quite a bit of scripture we're going to go through but we kind of got to take this chunk together and if you'll notice this is part one of this message so it's kind of interesting we're going to do part one now and part two will come in January so a quick review the army of Israel is facing off against the Philistines Goliath this big monstrosity I'd say he was a Goliath of a man but that's kind of redundant, Um, comes out to challenge Israel's army, and he says, send out your best guy. We don't all have to fight your best guy against me. Whoever wins, the losers will be the slaves to the winners. Now, we read that Goliath was a huge guy. Goliath was nine feet tall. I mean, that's pretty tall even back then, okay? Nine feet tall. No one wanted to face him. So now we, we catch up in Scripture to David. David re-enters the story. We, we heard a little bit about David a while ago and a, a few little tidbits here and there. But now, uh, David was the youngest of eight brothers and his three oldest brothers had joined Saul's army to fight the Philistines. And David would travel back and forth from home to the army from time to time to uh, take things to his brothers from home, take some food to check on them and bring letters home to their dad. And while he was at home, his job was mainly to be a shepherd and tend the sheep. So we're going to pick it up in verse uh, uh, 16 real quick here. And uh, look at what it says starting in verse 16. And here's, uh, there's an outline in my bulletin to follow along. Uh, as uh, we talk about things. And here's what it says, starting in verse 16. It says, For forty days, twice a day, morning and evening, the Philistine giants strutted in front of the Israelite army. One day Jesse said to David, Take this half bushel of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread to your brothers, and give these ten cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along, and bring me back a letter from them. David's brothers were with Saul and the Israelite army at the Valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. Remember we talked about that last week they were set up in the valley there? Fighting against the Philistines. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts. He arrived at the outskirts of the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. Soon The Israelite and Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. David left his things with the keeper of supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. You see, Jesse wanted to make sure his sons were okay. Back then there weren't Western Union telegrams that were sent home if your son had been killed or or wounded. Um, So uh, sometimes a soldier honestly would die in battle and the family wouldn't find out for quite some time. But Jesse wanted to keep up to date as to what uh, his sons were doing. So David gets to the army camp, drops off the the supplies, and he goes to look for his brothers. I want to go find my brothers. That's where we pick it up to the next point this morning, which is go home, little brother. (laughs) Starting in verse 23, it says, He was talking with them, and he saw Goliath, the champion from Gath, come out from the Philistine ranks shouting his challenge to the army of Israel. And as soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant? The men were asking. He comes out each day to challenge Israel. And have you heard about the huge reward the king has offered to anyone who kills him? The king will give him one of his daughters for a wife, and his whole family will be exempted from paying taxes. There's a really smart comment to make there, but I'm going to let it go. David talked to some others standing there to verify the report, and this is what David said. What will a man get if he kills this Philistine and put an end to his abuse of Israel? He asked them, who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? And David received the same reply as before. What you have been hearing is true. That is the reward for killing the giant. Now, apparently not only was Goliath a big man, he had a pretty big booming voice too because a voice it was a voice that can be heard by all of Israel as he came out and made his challenge. And can you imagine the sight? Um, the armies assemble and as soon as Goliath steps forward and gives his challenge, they run away. And this has been going on for more than a month. I I don't get it. For more than a month. So did they wake up each morning and go, gee, do you think Goliath will come out today? And each day they'd run away scared. Well, David's there. He can't believe his eyes. He's like, what the heck? I'm sure this isn't what he expected, To see when he went to visit his brothers, he expected and probably thought his brothers are brave soldiers and his brothers are brave men fighting for Saul's army for the glory and the defense and the honor of Israel. And they're all running away scared. What the heck is going on? He's appalled. And especially appalled by this Philistine and the things he's saying about Israel and their people. He must have thought, how can you guys just stand here and let this Philistine say such awful things about you? Then he hears about the king's reward for anyone who will slay the giant. And he starts asking questions of the soldiers. Is this really true? Yes, his daughter in marriage and no taxes. Was the daughter that good looking? Was she so pretty that it was worth it to risk your life against a giant? Well, it really wasn't the idea of, wow, have you seen Saul's daughter? Ho, 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 yeah, she'd be quite a catch. It's not really that as much as if you were married to the king's daughter, man, that got you a lot of influence and a lot of favor in the kingdom for sure. Did you understand? (coughs) Excuse me. So not only would you have all this influence, you never have to pay taxes again either. Sounds like a pretty good deal. But look what David's oldest brother says to him, because David's been asking all these questions. We'll pick it up in verse 28. It says, but when David's oldest brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway? He demanded, what about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and dishonesty, and you just want to see the battle. What have I done now, David replied. I was only asking a question. He walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Elliot plays the big brother card. What are you doing here anyhow? Why don't you just run on home? Take care of those few sheep. I'm sure he said very condescendingly. This is soldiers business. Go home. You just want to see some violence and some bloodshed. And David gives the classic little brother response. What did I do? I understand the classic little brother. I am the little brother. I have three older brothers. One of them is sitting here in this church and they were so mean to me all the time. <laughs> it is amazing that I turned out as normal as I did, I must say. <laughs> see, he's still being mean to me. You see, Eliab didn't like David being there. Why doesn't someone go out there and kill Goliath? David is saying. Sounds like a great reward from the king, huh? Huh? Eliab is basically saying, David, why don't you just shut up? Mm -hmm. It's bad enough that these guys have to deal with this situation. Very stressful and fearful. It doesn't help. It doesn't help having a little brother asking questions and emphasizing the fact that they're afraid. Well, you see, by now word had gotten around that David was asking a lot of questions about this. And taking great interest in this. So, look at the next verses. And the next point this morning is this idea of summoned by Saul. Starting in verse 33, it says this Then David's question was reported to King Saul, and the king sent for him. Don't worry about a thing, David told Saul. I'll go fight the Philistine. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can go against this Philistine. You are only a boy. And he has been in the army since he was a boy. Saul sends for David. And David makes this bold statement, right? Don't worry about a thing. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of this Goliath. And Saul's response is, I don't think so. When he was your age, he was already a soldier. He's been a a soldier longer than you've been alive, David. So let's read on. Verse 34, but David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep, he said. (laughs) That's impressive, right? And when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and I take the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do this to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God excuse me the lord who saved me from the claws of the lion and the bear will save me from this philistine saul finally consented all right go ahead he said and may the lord go with you now this may seem like a huge statement by saul but in a lot of respects okay it's kind of no skin off of saul's back right yeah go ahead give it a shot why not david says i'm pretty good in a fight I've fought off bears and lions to protect my sheep, you know. And in all honesty, a shepherd has to fight off predators to protect his flock. That's a true statement. But David says, I am not afraid. You can hear the courage in David's voice. So somehow he convinces Saul. And Saul tells him, go ahead, God, go with you. But then Saul offers something that he thinks will help even the odds, even a little bit for David. Let's look at these next verses. Verse 38, then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet, a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, took a step or two to see what it was like, for he'd never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested. I'm not used to them. So he took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream. He put them in his shepherd's bag. Then, armed only with his shepherd's staff and a sling, he started across to fight Goliath. Saul tells David, "Here, why don't you put on the king's armor and take the king's sword?" And David tries to walk around with all this stuff on; it just doesn't work for him. Now realize this was probably too big for him. I mean, remember how Saul was described—he was a head taller than everybody else in the kingdom. David's only a boy, so. It, it, Okay, let me see if I can illustrate this. I need a a helper here. I'm going to ask Rivers to come up and help me this morning, if she will. Can you come up? And Jess, you want to come sit up front here for me too? Rivers has so willingly said that she would help me with this illustration. So, come on up here, girl. Now, when you think of David Goliath, and we, we, we read that Goliath was, you know, nine feet tall, I have to tell you, this was about the gist of it, okay? In in all reality, Goliath was this huge guy. This is about size difference. So come over on this side for a second, Rivers. Just stand right there for a second. So <clears throat> here's what, what Saul did. Now let's see if I can put it in the, in the, in the modern vernacular. We're going to say, um, let's say I said, okay, Rivers, you know I've been a football coach for a lot of years. Rivers, we're going to have you go in the football game, but we want you to be able to do your best. So... I'm going to ask you to slide this girdle on, so you're going to have to put your feet in here, okay? And this is important. Whoops. And this is important because these will... Uh, Jesse's going to help you from falling over. Okay, these are important because these protect your hips, and they protect your thighs, and you've got to get your shoes through there, and the shoe through the other one. That's important. This is the first step if you want to be safe, okay? So let's pull those up. Atta girl, okay? Now, we got to protect more than just your hips and your thighs here. we got to protect your knees, too, and and these are really important. So, these have knee pads in them, and they kind of hold all the equipment together. So, we're going to do this again for you, girl, okay? And we're going to get these on, and we're going to pull these up, and there we go. There's one. And you're doing really good. You're doing really good, Reverse. Let's get the other one. Let's get that foot, those darn tennis shoes. Maybe we should have had her take her shoes off, huh? Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Okay, now, these got to go over the girdle. Let's tuck these in. That's right. Pull those up. We'll pull these up. Okay. Okay, hold those up now. Now, we still got to protect you here. We got to protect your shoulders. So, let's... Let's get these on you, and we're going to put this on you, and add a girl, and we'll let's see here, we've got straps here, lift your arms up, here we go, we snapped it on, you got that side, good, all right, and it says that he put on the king's tunic too because we wanted him to represent the king, and when you're playing for the team, you gotta. Represent your team well, so here we go. Let's get you in that. Yeah, girl, there's an arm in there somewhere. Yeah, whoops, keep they feeling there. There you go. There's an arm. Okay, okay, starting to shape up pretty good. Now, we got to remember the most important piece of equipment here. Let's see here. Got to put the Helmet on, and we'll strap it up here just to make sure. All right, now, okay, let's see. Perfect. Now go get in the game. You're good. Look at that. Now imagine this, and I'm gonna help you walk. You're doing good. Now imagine this. Saul put David in his armor and said, Okay, go fight Goliath. okay wait you gotta pull your pants up what are you doing here you gotta hold these up hold these up all right okay all right stand up straight now so you can see where you're going had a girl all right now going out go and take your let's give her a hand huh that's <clears throat> Jesse go ahead with her now we look at that and we say that looks ridiculous right and you're right it does look ridiculous poor girl can hardly walk how's she going to play, right? Well, I'm all worn out from doing that. But David had the same experience. He put on Saul's armor and it didn't work for him. Why? Well, there were a couple reasons. The first reason is obvious. He'd never wore armor before. He had his sword. I'm sure the sword was Dragging on the ground, he can't do this. Sorry, he tries walking around in this armor, and he can't. He can't because it's too big on him, and he's not used to this. When you wear armor, you learn how to use your armor to protect yourself. You learn how to turn your body certain ways to protect yourself from a strike, from an attack. David doesn't know anything about that. When you have a sword, you learn to fight with a sword. David doesn't know how to fight with a sword. He's never used one before, right? So what does David do? He says, no, Saul, King Saul, thank you but this just isn't gonna work for me what does David do instead he goes down to a stream and he grabs five smooth stones that's what scripture tells us now that's where we're gonna stop in the story today okay we're gonna stop right there spoiler alert David goes and fights Goliath, and he wins. Sorry to spoil the story for you. But he goes and he, and he picks up five smooth stones and goes out, as Scripture tells us, with nothing but a bag of stones, his staff, and his sling. Now, what do we learn from this? And it's this simple idea. Uh-oh. Yes. Go with what you know. Saul offered David everything that he thought would help him. But these weren't things that David these were things that David was very unfamiliar with. From Saul's perspective, he said, "Here David, I'm offering you a machine gun." And David said, "That's fine. I'll use my pocket knife instead." David needed to use what he was familiar with so what do we learn from this and there's a few ideas and you want to write this down the first idea is this don't try to be anyone but yourself friends listen to me carefully God has equipped you in a very specific way to be used in a very specific way We have all been equipped differently. We'll talk about that more in a minute. Do you think any of those soldiers who were in Saul's army would have tried to defeat Goliath with a sling? If any of his other soldiers came to him, I guarantee Saul would have said, here, put on my armor, and they would have went, thank you, king. Thank you so much. And put the armor on. But you see, David had a lot of time to practice with his slingshot skills. Now, you need to understand this now, because from when I was a kid and I heard this story, and when I heard David killed Goliath with a slingshot, this is what I pictured. Okay? Slingshots, like on the screen there, they weren't invented yet. Okay? Those didn't exist. What David used looked more like this. It was a little leather pouch with two long ropes on it, and you would put the rock in the pouch... And you'd swing it over your head. You notice one of the ends of the ropes has a, a, a loop on it? Because you would take that loop and you would make a loop to put over your wrist or over a finger, but usually your wrist, so it hold on tight. And what you'd do is you'd hold the other end of the rope in your hand and you'd swing it around and you'd open your hand up so the one end of the rope would go and the pouch would open up and the rock would go flying. Can you imagine how hard it is to be accurate with something like that? If you were going to hit anything with that, it would require a lot of practice. God used David's experience as a shepherd to prepare him for his fight with Goliath. I'm sure there are times that David scared off a wolf or whatever with his sling. And you may not realize this, but shepherding can be a very boring occupation. And you have to fill your time. So I can imagine David taking rocks and, you know, let's see if I can hit that, that tree branch. Let's see if I can hit that flower on the ground. You know, And I'm sure many times the sheep would have said, can you aim at something that's in another direction, please? <laughs> but David also learned what kind of stones were the best to use. I think it's important that Scripture says he grabbed five smooth stones from the river. David found out that smooth stones worked better. And not only that, he found out that the best place to find smooth stones was in a riverbed. God is using his experience as a shepherd to prepare him for his fight with Goliath. Friends, God uses our experiences to prepare us to face situations and to help others. Friends, each of us, is on a unique journey in this life. Everybody's story is different. When I was at Life with the, with the youth group a couple years ago, one of the speakers said something amazing. No two of us has the same story. God is too good of an author for that. I love that. Each of our stories are different, each of our experiences are different we have unique experiences which for each of, each of us has developed unique skills unique perspectives unique understandings and what's awesome about god is is he uses all of our life experiences for his glory there will be times in your life where you will be put in situations And you will realize, I hope the Holy Spirit shows it to you, that you are here in this situation right now because you are the perfect person to handle this situation. When a craftsman or a mechanic is doing work, it's always great to have the perfect tool to do the job. And sometimes you buy tools that you use once in a blue moon. Am I right, Mike? Yeah. But you have them because in those specific moments, you want that tool because it's the perfect tool to do the job. And God uses us. We are instruments of his glory. And God uses us in that way. And there will be many times in your life where you are the perfect person for the perfect job that God has for you. And when that is all done, when it's all said and done and everything is finished, as people see what's happened and even in your own heart, heart, you'll realize there there will be no doubt that it was God who was at work in the situation. When David defeats Goliath, there's no doubt that it's God. It's not a, wow, look how lucky David got. No. No. It's God. When the soldiers looked at it, do you think any of them doubted that God wasn't crucial to David's victory? That God, sorry, that nobody doubted that God was crucial to David's victory over Goliath. (laughs) Friends, we have to use what God has given us. And don't shirk or begrudge experiences or even difficulties in your life that you face. Because God is going to use those moments to equip you because God has equipped you for everything that he calls you to do. Let me say that again. God has and will equip you for everything he has called you to do. Not, well, pastor, how can you know that? Well, I'll tell you how I can know that. It's real easy. Look what Peter said. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. God is working on us. God is working in us. And God will work through us. So friends, we have to go with what we know. Don't fall into the trap of trying to be somebody else or trying to be something you're not. You never have to be something that you're not to serve God the way He expects or the way that He intends. Do you hear me? God is so awesome, isn't He? Go with what you know, friends, because you have been fearfully and wonderfully made and perfectly equipped to do the job that God has called each of us to do. Would you pray with me? father we thank you for your word and your truth and i pray that each of us would understand this and take this to heart help us to have the courage to be who we are to trust you and to recognize all that you bless us with and all that you have equipped us with help us never to shy away or run in fear as the soldiers did but to stand bravely before any challenge knowing that god you have prepared us for that challenge so as we leave this place today May we give you glory with our lives. May we honor you with our words, our actions, our thoughts. And may we share the good news of Jesus with all that we encounter and all God's people said. Amen. Have a blessed day.